Trading Nut, episode 125. Just never quit. Never, never quit on yourself. If you're really in love with trading, pursue it with all of your heart. And I promise you, it will eventually click because you know what? You one trade away from changing your whole life. One trade away. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern training is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we have Clint Fester on the show, goes by the name of Mr. Festex over there on Instagram uh, and he's from Cape Town in South Africa. Now you guys have been hitting me up saying I've got to get this guy on so I've finally got him on for you. Hope you're going to love the interview. I loved it because he's one of the most aggressive traders that I've had on the show. So you're going to find out why he's so aggressive and how he does his trading in the next we while, as well as why he loves things that fly, like US 30 flies, other markets that just really sort of, when they run, they run, and he loves it. I, I couldn't work out why he loved it, and he's not the first person as well. So we find that out on the show, uh, and we did shoot a video afterwards on YouTube where you're going to go and where you can go in and see uh, how he trades on the US 30 from a price action point of view. So that's coming up as well. Uh, and we've got Trader versus Trader semi-final and final coming up. So whilst you're over there on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe and turn your notifications on so you don't miss any of that action coming up here live on Trading Nut. I'm thinking also of bringing back my scalper versus scalper seasons. So I'm going to do possibly another season. I'm not confirmed on that yet, but there's a chance that I'll do another season of Scalper vs. Scalper. Uh, and last but not least, before we get into the show, if you're looking to semi-automate or fully automate your trading, then my Robot Builders Club is still open for new members. There's a free course that you can take on the Trading Nut website. So if you want to head over there, click on the robots at the top of the ta- top of the links, and you can take the free course I've got there that will give you a foot in the door and help you understand what it's going to take to automate some or all of your trading. All right, guys, so um, I'm still taking members on board, So, but don't wait because it's not going to be forever. All right, so guys, there's the Robot Builders Club that you can jump on board. There's links probably in the description or below the video for that. And there are some other amazing crypto videos on the Trading Nut channel now, as well as a whole bunch of other analysis videos that you've got to go and check out after this one. All right, enough from me. Let's get on with the interview today with Clint. Uh, let's do it. Whether you're a struggling trader or a profitable trader, our sponsor, City Traders Imperium, are offering you the chance to become a fully backed Forex trader. That's right, get coached and funded with CTI today. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Clint Fester, aka Mr. Festex, here on the show, all the way from Cape Town in South Africa. How are you there, Clint? Welcome to the show. I'm Good, good. How are you doing? Yeah, very, very good. So we're, we're different time zones here, so it's morning for you, evening for me. Um, today we're going to find out all about your trading, your journey to date, and uh, yeah, and a little bit more about the technical stuff. Then we're going to jump on and have a look at some, some of the stuff you do on a price chart as well. So Clint, to start off with, how did you get into trading? How did it all start? 
Well, it all started uh, back in 2016. It was January 2016, um, and I saw a friend on his mobile phone, and uh, I made a joke with him. It looked like he was playing a game. I asked him if he was playing Tetris, in all honesty, and he was like, nah, I'm trading the Forex market, and I was like, you know, tell me a bit more. And then he basically led me straight to a website called Baby Pips, and on that website, you can learn the basics of the basics of trading, and he refused to show me anything else, but just tell me, look, go there, go teach yourself how to do this thing and, you know, dive into it. And I did that. Um, and I lost uh, a lot of money trying to trade with just the basics. You know, there was no technique. All I knew was the basic bullish engulfing, bearish engulfing, you know, the basic candlestick patterns that you learn um, on a on a site like that, and then yeah, eventually um, I got hooked. I was like, I'm done with network marketing. I need to pursue this because the main reason why I fell in love with forex was the fact that um, not that I don't like network marketing; it's a cool concept. But with forex, you don't need to recruit other people. So you do it on your own. No one needs to know what you're earning. No one needs to know what kind of money you're making. And uh, that's what I fell in love with. In all honesty, Cam. Awesome. And so let's go all the way back to like, you know, taking baby pips, jumping into, I suppose, what did you do? Did you even have a strategy or how did that, how did you start? <laughs> I don't know if you heard of the strategy. Um, what is it? The, the RSI indicators is called divergence. Yeah. That, that for me was like, when I discovered divergence, in my opinion, it was like the holy grail. It was like, this is it. I'm about to become a millionaire. All I needed to look at is the RSI chart, look at the candlestick chart, trade divergence, and I'm I'm good and I'm set to go. That was unfortunately not the case at all. <laughs> well, so uh, I had to look a bit further. Uh, I had to look a bit further. Okay, so so what what happened with the di- divergence? Because I mean, I, I know I know a lot of traders that have started off with divergence, done really well at points, and then and then yeah. struggled. I mean, where where was it that things fell apart for you? Um, Mac Reed, uh, the psychology behind it all. You know, it's easy to learn the technical side and, and find a certain way to get into the market. But at the end of the day, it's all up here, you know. That, that's what keeps you in the trade and that's what controls your greed. So when it worked once, twice, unfortunately, the times when you use the biggest lot size and go all in, it just doesn't go your way. And then you try and make up those losses by going bigger and bigger um, so I learned a lot about myself. You know, there's there's so much uh, to trading um, in terms of what happens up here and not all on the charts. And that's what I say would gives you that finer edge, you know? Awesome. So so um, after RSI and Divergence, I mean, where did, where did things sort of steer from there? So then um, I obviously uh, looked on Instagram. I used the hashtag Forex, hashtag Forex market, hashtag USDJPY. Um, you know, I was using all sorts of hashtags to, to come across anyone that was doing it because no one around me, none of my peers, no one were, were, was doing Forex. And then, you know, I discovered Q Banks, you know, shout out to Quillen. Uh, I saw him and I was like, okay, this guy kind of looks like he's no, he knows what he's doing. He's driving my dream car, so I'm going to follow him. Um, and I know he does Forex, but let me see what he's about. And I think I followed him for not even two weeks. And then I clicked on his um his course link and i signed up to his course and ever since taking his course and learning you know the fibonacci i kind of had a, a general understanding um 
with regards to Fibonacci. But you know, just the way that he explained it in his course it was the it was the game changer for me, honestly. And so, so, I mean, so it's, it was the game changer in terms of like it was the the, the missing piece that you added, or was it literally? The thing that did Fibonacci it. was the missing piece for me. Fibonacci was the missing piece, and he spoke a lot about uh, psychology. He spoke about fear. He spoke about greed. Um, you know all the things that I was battling with actually before I started his course. Um, he covered in his course, so the psychology was a major factor. You know the Fibonacci. It, it's awesome. It really is uh, gives you that 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 finer edge. But the psychology things that I learned um, from him and, you know, sitting and actually watching him on a video format and watching me explain the, the different um, emotions you go through as a trader, um, that was a big, big change for me uh, it, because they don't teach you that on baby pups or you don't learn that from just anyone. So I was grateful that that is something that he implemented in his course. Just jumping in here, folks, with a quick message from my sponsor, Sage Strategies. Now, you might already know the boundaries of trading are expanding faster than ever, but you may not know that there's still time to take advantage of these opportunities. With my sponsor, Sage Strategies, you can instantly access institutional-grade algorithms that have been robustly tested by their team of experts. Their strategies provide fully automated responses to market opportunities in real time, which allow you to trade beyond human limitations. Go and check them out at sagestrategies.io or click the link in the description. And so, I mean, I had Q on the not so long ago, and look, I mean, I don't think I got in too deep on the psychology stuff. Um, but okay. I mean, if you had to give us a view of like, you know, how, how was it that what he shared in the course, how did it manage to help you? Because, you know, psychology is, can be quite hard for a lot of people to try and understand, you know, understanding themselves, knowing themselves and knowing or identifying when they're feeling certain ways and how that's affecting what they do. How did, yeah. how did what he shared, how was that able to sort of quickly impact you? You see, he spoke about things like fear. And, uh, uh, you know, fear is something that you immediately have when you start trading products because you have the fear. The first fear is losing your money, obviously. Uh, the second fear is um, being wrong. So you would analyze a, a certain chart. You'd look at a certain trade and you'd go into the trade and then you'd kind of like, I'm, I'm going to buy, but I'm not going to take this trade because you you kind of you kind of scared of going into it. So I overcame a lot of fear. I understood that if I analyze and I look at, let's call it 21 setups for the month, and I take every single one of them, if six are wrong, you know, I'm still up in profit. All I understood was that I had to take every single setup that looked and checked all my boxes, you know, not just go into any random trade. But if I, for example, looked at Euro USD and I ticked my, I have a checklist of things that I look at, um, I would go and take the trade. But be, before Q's course, I would kind of pick and choose the trades that I want to take, you know, like I wasn't taking everything. Yeah. And then the greed factor was a big thing for me as well because I was using like 0.25 lots on $100, $200 accounts. Like I was greedy and I was kind of scared. It's like a bad combo. You greed to make money, but you're scared to take all your analysis. So you kind of, you kind of clash there, you know? So that was a big, um, um, it unlocked a lot for me, you know, not fearing your setups and uh, just controlling your greed using proper risk to reward ratio that paved the way for me to be consistent 
in trading. And, and was there anything you did specifically after learning all that stuff and, and hearing Q go on about it that fundamentally sort of um, created it as a, as a habit or something that you just did versus, I yeah. suppose, like, you know, people can hear stuff, but unless they implement, it's, it's, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference, right? Yeah, now well, you have to implement it. So I was basically uh, looking at the setup. So I would say, okay, this setup is a one to five risk to reward. I would then look at the balance. So balance of my account is $500. My stop loss is 30 pips and my reward is 160 pips. And there's a little bit of math that I can dive into later if you'd like. And I would do that every single time to work out my 5% risk on my account. Before that, it was like, okay, I'm going to use this lot size today. It was never a yep. strategy it was never planned it was like okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna use whatever number i feel like you know the day is the 9th of of june let me use the 0.09 i never knew what lot size to use per trade until i kind of saw you know what he was teaching and and i implemented that so that was a, a big step for me because now if i took 10 trades at five percent risk i would only then lose 50 percent of my account before I would take one trade and, and lose 60% of my account in one trade. So that was a, a big a big step for me. It, it, it does make a big difference. I, I actually created a tool. I built a little tool for MetaTrader, which which I'm using now, which helps yeah. immensely because all I do is I, I click a button. It puts two horizontal lines on the chart, one for stop loss, one for entry, and the take profits already preset. And then all and the risk is already preset, and so I just put line them up and go. Do I want to enter a market order or a limit order? Uh, and then I choose the order type, and then I hit buy or sell, and it just sets the trade up, and it's exactly whatever percentage, like two percent of the account every single time. And the take profits, I think you know, it might be three to one. I can always amend the take profit if I want, but it's so, yeah. it keeps it so consistent for me now. Um, and, and the good thing is if I, you know, I have a blow up day, I'm only going to lose X number of percent. I've never, I'm never now risking more than what I should risk, which is, it's really helped. It's important. Yeah. 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 It does. It really, I'm glad you have a tool to, to, to work it out for you. It saves a lot because it does take maybe two to three minutes of your time with a calculator working it out. But the fact that you just click a button, um, you know, and you get everything laid out for you. It, it's it saves time and as well you're using it so clearly we know that is how you uh save your account or make your account last way longer yeah. than normal yeah well that that's yeah. the thing isn't it now um so so can can i sort of guess that you know you, you took q's course and then everything was hunky-dory after that or were there hurdles along um, the way the, when i did q's course i was you know it was an online course i, I couldn't afford to fly to the states to do the in-person so they, he has like a forex uh, Facebook group um, where all his students are in. And I joined the group, but I never kind of wanted to get involved with a certain person's setup. Like you would see someone would post gold and, and maybe your analysis for gold that day was short and they long. And you kind of, now you judge yourself because you're like, okay, you click on that guy's name. When did he join the group? Oh, he's been here longer than me. He knows more. So it it the best for me was to pull myself out of the situation and and be alone um to kind of find myself so i understand that the support is there like it's cool if you want to know what news events is there you know chatting and like that and then um i don't know if you know john dollary 
No, I don't. Never heard of, him. heard of him. No. Yeah, John Dollery. Um, he was involved with a um, Astro FX, right? Oh, right. And uh, he became a a mentor to me. He like if I called him or if I wanted to get on a Zoom call, um, John was there in that way for me. So he was my mentor. You know, Q taught me everything I needed to do via the online course. But John Dolly ended up being my mentor, the person that we would, like, there was times we would spend two hours on a Zoom session, you know, just chopping up charts together. And, uh, you know, shout out to John, um, awesome guy. And, uh, yeah, that was my, that was my, my growth, my mentor. And still today, I, I always tell people, you know, John Dolly was my mentor. Um, we don't, we chat now on a, on a personal basis, but um, it's been about, I would say almost two years that we haven't really jumped on charts together because, you know, once a trader finds his way and he, and he knows what he's doing, you kind of, you cut loose. It's like, okay, cool. You know, let him go. He's free now. It's like a bird leaving a nest is done. So there was no need for us to, to, or mentorship. I didn't yeah. need mentorship anymore. If I can put it that way. Yeah. Um, but shout out to Q Banks and John, they paved the way for me uh, in trading which in turn led, led me to pave the way for so many others here in South Africa. And so, so John, was he somebody you just struck up a friendship with through through a group, or did you actually join Astro and, and go through some of their training as well? Yeah, he came to South Africa. Uh, Astro came to South Africa, and uh, I did the, um, the in-person course, which John was teaching, was a three-day course. Um, Sean and Nat were there as well, but John was like the teacher for that, that time. And we just, we kind of linked up because um, he was new to South Africa. I showed them around. I told them what hotels to stay in. Um, so we kind of got each other's numbers. And when they left the next week, we still stayed in contact. We were like texting each other on iMessage, uh, added each other on Instagram. So we built um, a rapport uh, in that way. And we kept it up. We kept the friendship since then. Yeah, that's since awesome. That's, I mean, it's a great little connection to to make. So um, into no, into please. Astro. So, I mean, and what sort of things did did John help you with in terms of the the journey after after Q? John John taught me uh, market and, and institutional levels. Like um, he taught me levels that that banks look at. You know, where banks uh, where where liquidity basically lies. Um, the Fibonacci, they also did very similar to Q, it was almost the same, uh, but institutional levels, he taught me um, monthly, monthly, weekly, high and lows, and when I combined what I learned with, uh, with Wall Street Academy, right, combined with what I got from Astro, and John just giving that extra bit of input, it was golden, like setups were so easy to see, and, and still to this day, it's funny how what I learned back then still works. The same principles, the same, those round numbers, um, they all still play off every single time, uh, 90% of the time. Um, so that just kind of polished and refined me as a trader um, to the next level of my, my journey where it started getting, you know, started getting fun, I would call it. Um, right. Trading bigger lots, you know, bumping up lot sizes, five lots, 10 lots, you know, because for a full year and a half, I was stuck on 0.12. It's my favorite lot size. Eventually, that lot size um, led to my students because they would see me always use it, and I would always be posting profits with that lot size. And the only reason I used it was because it was my birthday. Um, my birthday is the 12th of December. Yeah. And uh, it became like a thing. Everyone used 0.12. To this day, 
there's still students that trade a 0.12 lot size. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Maybe you should have called yourself <laughs> Mr. 1-2 or 0.12. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. 0.12. Yeah. Um, now, so that that's interesting. So, like, it sounds like, you know, your, your trading has just gone through the roof, right? Um, I mean, was there a day when, when you sort of thought every the stars have aligned and, and this is it? And you never look back? Or is it always a constant sort of journey where, you know, you said you're having fun now, but are there times when you're, yeah. when you're having less fun? There was. There was. Uh, before, like you said, when the stars aligned and, and I saw the heavens, I actually had a major dip. Like, um, it was a gold trade. I'll look it up in the chart later. It was a gold. I was in the opposite direction, right? And I, I kept stacking. And uh, this was like at where I was starting to become, you know, this consistently profitable. And it was a big, big loss. I, I think that loss bruised my ego. It bruised my, my trading account, but more my ego. Because what happened was I refused to be wrong. I refused to accept that this trade was not going to turn around. And uh, I ended up just basically almost blowing that account. And it was my last, it was my last money that that, that, that I kind of had. And uh, I, had, I had an option. It was a give up moment right there and, and go look for a job, you know. Or I could sell my beautifully parked Honda Ballard, which was standing outside my home. And I was like, I looked at my wife and I said, babes, do you, you want to give me one last shot at, at Forex? Right? This is my last try. Like, I promise if this doesn't work, I'm done. But by this time, I've done QBank's course. John has molded me. And uh, I was confident. I was like, we can take an Uber. I don't care. You know, we can take an Uber. <laughs> but I'm selling my car. And I, till today, I tell, I tell anyone, do, do not do that. Like, I don't ever advise anyone to sell their, their vehicle to, to put in a trading account. It was silly of me. Um, but anyway, I did it. You know, I sold it. It was just shy of about $5,000 um, that I sold it for. Um, and I put all that money in my trading account. And believe it or not, that account or that that money that I started, um, there was a strategy that I, I, I formed from it. So I would have a high-risk account, a medium-risk, and a low-risk. So what I did was I took the $5,000 account, and let's just say I made $2,000 for that month on the account. I would shift the $2,000 over into my medium-risk, Right. And then I would trade those two, those two accounts and then make weekly profits. Then what I would do is I would use like 5% risk on this one and then like uh, 10% and then my, my high risk was like 20%. So I kept feeding profits from the 5,000 account into the medium, into the low. And it was at this time, I think it was in 2018 when I discovered NASDAQ, um, right? And I was like, what is this? Is this how quick pip- Pips can move because trading Forex pairs like for three years and discovering something like NASDAQ, it's, it's almost like discovering, you know, unicorn and uh, NASDAQ, NASDAQ was seriously the, the pair that um, made me so much, I'd say so much Pips. I caught so much Pips that pay. I flipped that account over. I mean, it was over $200,000 uh, in my three trading accounts at the time. And it started with a $5,000 account that I was working on for almost nine months to get um, a nice big trading account size. And uh, I never looked back. I never looked back from NASDAQ since. It's one of my 
one of my favorite pairs. I, I don't I do trade forex pairs, but Nasdaq is my bread and butter. Now, just on that, I mean, because I've I've sort of looked at it and uh, and some other markets which people have said, oh yeah, these are really volatile and the market moves. I mean, is it not? And this is just a, my sort of personal question: is is it not you know dependent on what your risk is on that market? Like, say for example, you know, you could, if you risk a huge amount and it runs a huge amount, is that not sort of just a one hour trade? Uh, yeah, Exp- explain it to me because I'm I'm, conf- I'm confused. It's like yeah, it runs, but just does it get to target quicker or what? What does it mean? What am I missing here? <laughs> um, so. I don't know, like in South Africa right now, we are still fortunate as traders because I'm not sure in New Zealand how it works, Cam, but we have one to a thousand leverage still available to us um, over here. Um, We've got one Forex broker available to us, I believe. (laughs) It's like, there's literally, it's dead. It's dead over here. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. um... No, we have a few. We have a few that we we use and... uh, and the fact that we have this high leverage and uh, we still have, there's still brokers out, out here that offers you a bonus, right? So if you're funding with $100, they'll give you another $100 tradable bonus. And um, I've seen I've seen crazy things with NASDAQ and it all starts with, with the, the small rule, right? NASDAQ works like this. You fund your account with basically what you're willing to lose. There's no such thing as a stop loss with NASDAQ, right? If you want to trade it the way it should be traded. So you would fund a $100 account, for example, and you go in with a 0.01, and you're either going to swing it or you're going to intraday trade it, but you can hold it if you're analyzing on a higher time frame. And uh, those pairs can, can, can do some damage. Like... I have a story or somewhere if you scroll down on my Instagram, I funded a $50 account, which was like shy of 700 Rand in, in Zor. And uh, I held that trade from the 31st of October uh, till December. And that trade went all the way from $50 to about $6,000. And it was just one single entry. I never stacked. It was, a, it was a double bottom on the daily. I placed a 0.01. And I did it just to prove a point to a lot of people that assumed when you want to trade these mm. indices, you need big capital. Yeah. And I was like tired of hearing everyone say that. And then I just took liberty. I funded my account and it created quite a stir um, on social media when everyone saw it played out because every week I would update that post. I would update it and I'll show them this is what's happening. It's still going. It's still going. And uh, I can kick myself today because that pay has never dropped or it hasn't came down close to my entry in months. I would have been up probably over 500,000 Rand easily oh. if I just held it out for <laughs> another four months. So, yeah, it's possible to make okay. very big um, profits with um, very small deposits if you if you just catch a single entry and you trade this indices. Like, if you respect NASDAQ and US 30, um, it will really reward you in a big way. Okay, in a big way. Yeah, I think that's answered my question. I get it. I get it now. Um, I get how people are able to do it, and it's using that leverage and Mm. and trading something that you know. I suppose if if it is going to fail, it's probably going to blow your account. I'm right. Yeah. Or unless you pull pull the stop out at some point, you blow half. You know, you lose half of it. Um, But the key is that you just. It's more like a buy and a hold, or or a sell and a hold. 
kind of, kind of approach. Okay, that makes sense. That now makes sense. Okay, um, and so I can Get see why people the love smallest it. Smallest lock possible. Yeah, and yeah. and and hold. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, let's let's dive into trading now. I mean, what time frames are, are you you analyzing, and are you doing intraday and swing trading? I think you might have mentioned that before. Yeah. How does yeah. that look? Um, I never really go higher than the the weekly. Um, I, I like to stick to the daily time frame. From the daily, I would then break it down. I would look for where are we. So the daily will always clearly tell you bullish or bearish. Like if you follow high highs and higher lows, the daily it's it's easy to read. But when you step down to the four hour and the one hour and the thirty minute, a lot of traders do this right because there's more candlesticks forming as they're dropping time frames. Immediately, it's like they it's like they get amnesia and they forget that they are bullish. Now they're on the 50 minute, they're like, but I see a good sell. And it happens to so many of them. They they completely change the the their whole layout that they had for themselves and they want a short appear that they saw was long. So what I do is I mark up and I make annotations on my chart. I would literally mark out levels and say bullish. And when I when I started doing this uh, back in 2018, I would type out on trading view bullish. And I would I would make it so big that no matter what time frame I was on, you would be able to see bullish. So as I'm going lower and lower into the time frames, I wouldn't mess up and think, okay, it's time to sell because I know, okay, we're only looking for buys. Hmm. So I base my structure off the daily time frame and work my way down to as low as the 15 minute. Okay. All right. And, and how many trades a week? I average about, because I run a trading room as well, um, so all my my students that when I take a trade, the, I send out a trade. So we average about five to seven trades a week. Right. Some of it we'll hold. So NASDAQ will trade um, on the daily. Um, so, for example, if I see a setup this afternoon and NASDAQ opens up at half past three out time and I see a valuable setup, I would get in. Just on Friday, I saw a setup. Um, it was at open, and it was a buy. And we caught that buy, and we banked a nice thousand pips on that move. So I would I call a setup as I see it. I don't really plan to. Okay, I will send out ten trades this week. There's some weeks that go by, and I only take three trades because the market is not showing me any signs to get into a trade. So I stay out. So I would say average of five trades a week. Okay. And what are your risk to rewards on those trades? Currently, what I would do is I would fund an account um, with, let's say, $1,000. And if I'm trading NASDAQ, I'm risking off of my account. So I would literally lose $500 on the NASDAQ trade. Um, on my Forex pairs, I always put a stop loss, and I'm risking about 15 to 20% per trade. 15 um, to 20 <laughs> Yeah, but I never go. I never go bigger than a two thousand dollar deposit. Right? Uh, okay. Um, on my my big account, which I trade um, with a broker, a trustworthy broker, there I'm risking two percent, three percent. But right. that's that's like that's a long term trading account. But the account that I actively trade with my students, like I would deposit fresh funds into the account. I screenshot it. I post it in my group so they can see exactly. Okay, cool. Clint's going in, he's got a thousand dollar account, he's going into a NASDAQ trade. Um, then I tell them, look, that's my risk. A lot of a lot of students or members in the group, their risk is maybe only fifty dollars. Now, 
with $50, they can still open up one or two, actually almost three positions on, on NASDAQ with the leverage that the brokers offer, fortunately for us. Um, and we'll all go to the trade together. I'll be like, okay, cool, guys, let's buy now, sell now. Um, and that's, that's how we trade. We trade um, when we see an opportunity near the, the New York Open. We'll trade the New York Open, but not every day. Not like Monday to Friday, I'm sitting out a half past three trade. It doesn't work like that for me. I need to see some sort of um, setup before I go into the trade. Awesome. And so, so that, that $2,000 account where you're risking 15 to 20%, I mean, what, what would you end up like finishing that, that, that account? I normally on? double that account. Um, as soon as I double it, um, when, when it's double, I would do a withdrawal. Um, so I would withdraw the initial deposit. And then I basically, I would kind of almost rest the whole account on a good setup again. So the reason I wait patiently for these setups to form is because I'm going in and I'm going in quite aggressively, um, especially with the NASDAQ trades, right? Now, Cam, understand that I don't trade my bigger Forex accounts like this. This is purely my NASDAQ style of trading. Um, and if I double that account within the first hour of the open, I would withdraw, close my trades, withdraw, withdraw my um, profits, and then I would redeposit, and then wait for either the setup the next day or maybe later that afternoon I'll see another setup, and that's my style of, of trading Nasdaq. But the style that I have with forex is the normal two to three percent risk, um, but that's a that's a, like a it's a bigger account and it's slow moving pairs, it's pairs like Euro GBB, AUD USD. You know mm. um, what most of my students consider boring um, because Nasdaq is like this. It's like the hottest thing in <laughs> Cape Town right now. It's a it's a frenzy. Really, it, it, like every trader you meet. Well, what do you trade? I oh, feel Nasdaq. like I'm missing Nasdaq. out. <laughs> Dude, no one trades. No one trades literally anything else. It's either US thirty or Nasdaq. And um, when Q Banks, I think it was when is it? Maybe two years, a year ago, he put on his Facebook that he's now trading US 30. People latched onto that as well. Even mm. me, myself, I was like, okay, let me go check out US 30 because I'm, I've been trading NAS 100 and then US 30 clicked with me as well. And I was like, okay, cool. I like this pair. And I started trading US 30. So NASDAQ, US 30, is, that, that's the two, my two artist pairs right now that I trade. And so when you're trading Forex pairs, are you uh, looking for a certain number of R? To, to exit the trade or how do you exit how do you find your exits uh, my exits i use the fibonacci so i would use the fibonacci to basically work out my extension target so i'd have extension one or two but i'll dive into that a bit more when i when i'm on the chart and and that would be my my exit points and then my exit points for stop loss would be below my 78.6 on my my fibonacci so i would work out my 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 analysis like that so I'd look for a, a higher high, higher low, for example. I'd draw out my FIB, wait for candlestick confirmation or breakouts and lower time frames, use my long position tool, get that out, and then that signal, as I analyze it, I'll post that video into my trading room and be like, guys, this is what I see happening on EURUSD this week. And then that video goes into my, my group. Awesome. And... Um... What about uh, the instruments that you're analyzing? Which which markets are you going over on, from a forex point of view? Um, it's Euro USD, GBB AUD, uh, Euro GBB, gold, 
uh, what else is there? USD JPY, very little of that, and then GPB JPY as well. Those are my my forex pairs that that I do. And and what about win percentage? Win percentage, um, I I don't know if I can share screens with I'd be able to go into my trading room, but I could post the if I could get in there and I could show you because when we lose a trade, I'd say okay, stop loss, win. But we always every week there's a net pip count, like a positive pip count. There's never a week that that's gone by where we're in a minus count of pips. So we always over, it's never less than 500 pips for the week winning. So we're always winning trades. We're losing trades as we're taking them, but we're never in a, in a negative. Um, or I'm never in a negative. So I'm always making sure that we're in a surplus amount of profits. So I don't know how it could work at my win percentage. Maybe I would say, a 80% win ratio, 75, 80%. Yeah, so you feel like you don't lose that often, basically. We do lose, but we don't lose that we go into a minus in our accounts. Yeah. So we would take, um, let's say we're trading four uh, Forex pairs. We'd lose two of that. We'd win two. And then we'd have four NASDAQ trades that we took that week and we'd win three or win two and lose one. But the amount of pips that NASDAQ gives you makes up for the the 30 pip stop loss on Euro USD, for example. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. stop loss on Euro USD will be 40, 50 pips. Um, when NASDAQ moves, when the candle's this much, you, you're catching 400 pips. So it kind of always makes up for the forex pairs that do eat stop loss. Yeah. Because the NASDAQ trades are so much more aggressive. Awesome. Now, what do you think made you different back in the beginning? from other guys out there that are struggling to make this work? You know what it was, Cam? It's the fact that um, growing up, right, um, I've never had, um, like, I love my mom and my dad, but I've never had a golden spoon. I never, I don't come from money. So I know what it's like to have nothing. So uh, I developed, I was scared at first, and then I just realized, you know, what do I have to lose? Like, it was a matter of, if this doesn't, like, what's the saying? I used to have the same. Uh, if not this, then what, right? So if not this that I was doing, Forex, then then what am I going to do to better my life? So what set me apart was just the fact that I, I didn't really care what people thought um, because the minute I said I'm going to become a Forex trader, whoo, the amount of, of comments that I got from, from even family, um, they, they're like, no, that, that's gambling, you know, don't do that. Are you crazy? You've got a family, you've got two kids, you can't become a gambler. I was like, it's not gambling, it's forex. So a lot of negative um, opinions were, were thrown my way. And it was a matter of just, I'm either going to, you know, listen to them and pull out, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue and, and just go no matter what anyone says. What's that? What's up with people? I mean, honestly, I think my, even my kids are like, think it's gambling. And I tell them what I do, and they're like, they're like, that's gambling, isn't it? I'm like, oh, how do I explain this to you? Um, anyway, sorry, I don't guess I don't know why people think like that. That's your immediate thing is like it's gambling, but yeah. um, we all know better than that. Now, uh, what about somebody who's working a day job? What things would you recommend they start doing to to start growing an account? If you had to give them steps, if steps someone doing a day job, I would say use your Sunday nights um, to analyze charts and and. You know, give up the movies, give up the Netflix time with your wife or with your girlfriend and spend that Sunday night analyzing the weekends 
forex pairs. And if you don't know what to analyze, you know, you can Google what are the top three major currency pairs. And, you know, you would analyze that. Once you find a, a momentum or you analyze and you'll be like, okay, cool. On the daily, this this is what Euro USD looks like it's going to do. So if you are to enter that trade on Monday with a proper risk management, you wouldn't really need to look at that trade for the whole week. You maybe pop in every six hours and just see if you a certain amount of pips up. Because I have this rule, once you're up 30, 40 pips in your trade, you know, move your stop loss to break even. Because if it comes back, you know what, you don't lose. You can always re-enter. So for someone that's, that's got a daily uh, job, you, I would say analyze on a Sunday, look for three to five pairs that you can possibly get a trade on and swing trade. Don't try and scalp. Don't be a scalper when you have a day job. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take you away from your work, you know? So trade, there's no rush. You have a salary. You, you, you don't need to speed up the process because to be honest, I found that the most money made is, is swinging. Like I'm slowly becoming or I'm slowly moving into that mindset where I, I want to be a swing trader. Now I want to place a trade this month and I want to close it next month. I want to be that kind of trader. Mm. Day trading and trading intraday, it, it's a lot on your mental state. It's a lot that goes into day trading. It's not as easy as what everyone thinks it is. Cool. All right. So, so um, that, that's interesting. Now, what about looking at a price chart and sort of breaking it down? You've talked about Fibonacci. you talk talked about divergence. Are there some other things you'd recommend somebody goes away and studies to try and put together a, a system for themselves? Um, besides, besides the technicals? Uh, no, including the technicals. So looking at a price chart. I mean, so additional things to Fibonacci and divergence, if you're going to oh, add oh, some oh, things yeah, so in, what, what would they be? Yeah. Okay, so... One thing I can I can I can teach anyone everyone out there is like with a forex chart, look left, right? But look left for months and years back and and go back to the past and, and look at how the chart moves. You'll be amazed that everything it's like it history repeats itself every single time with Forex. So if you want to develop a strategy, find out what moves the spear? Every bear moves differently. There's, there's things that GJ does that EURUSD doesn't, right? There's certain patterns that GJ will form and it will do a certain reaction to it. So what I will advise, what, what I've done is I've spent so many hours analyzing charts. It's unreal. Like I've seen, like I can look at a pair now and be like, okay, I know what it's going to do next. And I can look at a different pair and be like, okay, this one, you have to look at it like that. So what you can develop is that when you backtest, that's what I like to call it. You need to backtest and see what kind of history that chart has or what repetitive moves does it make. So besides Fibonacci, besides trend lines and all the fancy things, um, literally look at a level. And if you can take your horizontal line, just the horizontal line, and draw it on one place where you see the most resistance or the most support, Look at what does that pair do every time it comes up to that level? What is it? Does it react? Does it like to break that level, retest, then move on? Or does it like to reject and fall? Every single pair will have a different type of, um, how can I say, um, character. They all have their own characters. Every pair has their own character. They have their own self. So 
You need to look at each one differently. You can't analyze NASDAQ or trade NASDAQ and then take that way of trading and then try and trade EURUSD like that. That does not work. They move completely, completely different. Now, thinking about a trader's mindset, what techniques do you think you could impart on somebody? I mean, we talked about it at the start of the show. Is there anything you'd say, hey, look, go away and do this to try and help get yourself in the right mindset to be a better trader? Um, what I could advise them to do, go away. Oh, I would, if I could go back and speak to myself and, and give myself um, some tips, I'd be like, be be more fearless for, for the market. And how you would do that, it, it's simple. When Whenever you're taking money or you're trading with money that you cannot afford to lose, there's so much emotional attachment to that $100 bill that you you can't, you're, you just physically can't even find yourself pushing by yourself. So the very first step before, before even getting into a trade, the money that you put into the market should not be money. It should be like buying a pair of sneakers, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of buying a pair of sneakers, you're going to now put it in your trading account and, and get that right first because your mindset is very important. But if you're putting your rent money into your trading account, there's no type of mindset or, or way that I could program you or teach you to, to be like, okay, cool, it's fine, go in, you know, who needs to pay rent, rent is for whatever. So the money that you put in your trading account needs to honestly come from a place of, I don't care if I lose it, I don't care um, if this goes to, you know, whatever, but you need to make that first step because a lot of, I've seen a lot of traders go from, zero to 100 and accelerate when they're trading with money that they would normally go to the club with. Like when people go to the club, yeah, it's all about how much bottles of champagne you can put on the table. You know, it's about the latest shoes on your feet, the latest Gucci jacket. And it's just a way of shifting your money or your, your, your money that you have into trading and less away from the stuff that make you happy, the short-term happiness. You know, you, when you buy a pair of sneakers, you put it on, that's it, you're happy. After that, it gets thrown into the cupboard. Um, so it's very important, and I can't stress enough that before you start dabbling in the forex market, make sure it's of money that you cannot afford to lose. And, and is there a way do you, that you think somebody can um, determine the, that the money that they're investing in the market is money they can afford to lose? So, I mean, I think people... Oh, like, I think people may trick themselves into thinking, oh, this is money I've got no attachment to. It's money I can afford yeah. to lose. But the reality is they are attached to it, but they just don't want to own up to it. How do you get someone to wrap around that, that trap? So, for example, okay, it's Thursday night, right? You're sitting with your friends and everyone's planning this big club event, right? You're going to the club, um, you're going out, you're going to go buy you the latest outfit, you're going to spend X amount, you're going VIP, Right there and then, guys, you know what? Uh, I just looked at the the way my bank account is set up, and I'm rather going to use that money to do this thing that I'm trying, and you guys go and have fun. It needs to be that you know for a fact you are going to spend this money on something reckless and stupid. You you can't be like, oh, I was maybe going to do it. No, you are going to go to the club and spend 5,000 then with ease. And you tell them, you know what? I'm going to give up this night. Yeah because I'm sure I can get this thing right and I can have many more nights with you guys, but I have an opportunity right now in front of me and I need to, I need to seize with everything I have. So it needs to be that 
you know that this is money you are going to literally use in the club. So that when it's in your trading account and you see it there, you're already smiling at it. You're like, I was actually going to use this to spend on people I don't know um, to get into a level of not remembering the night. And now I'm going to use it this week. As soon as Monday opens, you in front of your chart. And I'm, I'm saying that because that was me. I, I, I did that. I shifted my old habits into new habits, right? And that's where I started finding out that everyone does have money to trade. You just need to you just need to look a bit harder. Look so, at what yeah, you're spending. I like that answer. So it's basically you need to it needs to feel real to you. The money needs to feel it real. It needs to be real. The, yeah. the sacrifice needs to feel real, and you yeah. know that that money was going, and you know where exactly it was going, and then you yeah. deposit that money into your account. Brilliant. Okay. So. Um, as my wife would say, mansplaining back to you what you just said to the audience. <laughs> so sorry, that's a that's a, no, that's a home like joke. Said, that's what I've done. I've just mansplained. Um, now, uh, if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? One thing is mastering um, getting into a habit, right? Besides looking at all the fancy instruments you can use on trading view uh cam you use trading view right to yeah. analyze your charts or, yeah. or not um form a habit get a habit of okay i'm going to spend three hours on the chart tonight and forget about the money forget about what forget about all of that go back to looking at the chart and instead of it's as simple as giving up a netflix run like you can sometimes get lost in the charts because when you fall in love with candlesticks and what it has to offer, the money does follow. But you need to master that habit of tonight, it's me, my PC, a cup of coffee, and three hours of studying two pairs. No money attached, not going into any trades. It's literally just that. And if you can get into the habit of that, slowly but surely you will find that money, making money off of analyzing will pay off because now you're falling more in love with analyzing charts than the money and it needs to come second a lot of people get into forex because they look at successful traders um you know and go i want that i want that car i want that house i want that watch i want that but they don't understand that it goes back to uh putting in the work the money doesn't just come like that you know so they need to fall in love with the charts game. You need to spend time on the charts, fall in love with that, and uh, get that get that going first. So awesome! Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Now, look, uh, some quick fire questions here to finish off the show. So, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Cam, that was uh, I was twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen June. I would say eighteen months. I feel I feel bad saying that right now. 18 months to get consistently profitable because I've seen I've seen students of mine do it so much quicker. And no no pressure on anyone out there trying to master. Like I took almost two years and I'm sure there's trainers out there that's still struggling. The only advice I can give is just just don't give up. You just keep going. No matter what your friends around you are doing, um, or other peers, other traders, you you do you at the end of the day. What's your favorite entry setup? Um, on like a pair uh, yeah just like you, you're sort of like if you're looking at the chart here's the setup I love this one this is my favorite 
I love something as simple as a breakout out of a consolidation zone. Um, when I see that happening, I like I know it's game over. And if I go back to NASDAQ and you look at 12,800, and when it broke out of 12,800, it was gone. It, and that's how NASDAQ works. When it breaks out of a consolidation zone, that P is only moving that direction. 99% of the time, it's going that way. So that kind of setups really excite me. What strategies do you use to exit or manage trades? Um, I look at as simple as this sounds. This is what I do, right? To exit trades. When I'm smiling at my at my MT4, then I know, okay, it's time to maybe, you know, either close or take partial profits or move the stop loss like a couple of hundred pips above my entry. So I would manage my trades based on how I'm feeling in that moment, knowing, okay, Clint, the amount of profits that's on your screen right now is more than enough to sustain you for the next three weeks if you look at your bills and things you need to pay. And uh, that, for me, is how I manage my trades. I've I've seen other ways where people, like, they'll be up so much in profits, but they're like, you know what? I'm going to buy a new car next week. So I'm going to hold this one out. And then that trade is like, comes right back to the entry. And they're like, oh. So I manage mine based on, how I'm feeling and looking, I'll be like, it's it's time to it's time to take partials. And if I take partials and move my stop loss above my entry, I can't complain because I've taken money off the table and I cannot lose because my 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 entry is protected. So then I then I'll let it run. But you need to you need to take some profits off. And I manage it according to um, knowing what my expenses are every month and knowing what I need to take out of the market for myself. Very, very different from from um, some of the more mechanical type of traders that I've had on the show, which is, is I mean, this whole interview has been pretty unique. So I love it. Um, now, what's your recommended trading book or resource? Um, to, to be honest, Cam, I've never, I've never read a trading book in, in, in my life. I've been referred a lot. I've been seeing a couple of PDFs. But uh, I'm just not a reader. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not someone that can read. I love reading charts. That's about the only reading I do. I read charts, but I, I don't. I don't fancy really reading books. Okay, um, it's not my style. Uh, preferred broker and trading platform. Um, my preferred broker right now is Xness. Um, I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because they they're quite big and they've been around the longest. Um, so. There are so many reasons. I do trade with, there's like five brokers I trade with, but that's my main broker. Like the yeah. bulk of my trading, of my really low risk, that, that's, that's where it's done on Xness. So that's where I'm trading. Have you ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and no restrictions on trading my strategies. But one of the main reasons was their raw ECN spread, which could challenge any other broker you're trading with. Learn more at hankotrade.com or click the link in the description. And then MetaTrader 4 or 5, is that right? I like MetaTrader 4. Yeah. Um, I do use MetaTrader 5. I don't know if you heard about this peer yet, but it's also a, a peer that pays nicely. It's called VIX75 1S. Oh, I have heard about that ages ago. Is that like yeah, a volatility index? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, bro. Like, um, 
when when I first found out about it, that same weekend I posted a trade setup um, in my signals room, and that was a what is it like three thousand pips that weekend? Um, because all that pair does is it sells. Like it makes a, a high, like it will come up, make a low high, and then you get a huge sell off. And it's only been available since when was it? I think November twenty twenty. And for that, I use a broker called Deriv. D E R I D E R I V. Deriv.com. That's the broker that offers that. So the only time I use MT five is to trade Vic seventy five one S. Yeah, yeah. I did. I do remember hearing about those pairs. Uh, probably a bit over it over maybe a year or maybe two years ago uh, where somebody had said, oh, I've got this strategy. They may have even been from South Africa as well. Uh, I've got a funny feeling they were. And, uh, they, they, yeah, their strategy was all based on those markets. And I think there was a, there was like five or six of them. And I'm like, I've never even heard of these. And I don't think I could get data for them or anything like that. Anyway, yeah, so, there's no data. Yeah. It, there's it, nothing on trading view about them, nothing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, – the latest one now is VIX 75 1S. So it's even a newer version from what you've uh, heard about. Mm. Um, and that's the newer one, VIX 75 1S. Cool. Yeah, hearing it first here, guys, on Trading Nut. Um, now, look, uh, last question of the show. Uh, could you leave our listeners with one piece of advice? <sighs> the best advice I can give you, and I know it sounds cliche, guys, but but this is the advice I needed at my lowest, darkest moments in trading. Um, was just to never quit. It was to stick it out, no matter how much it pained me, no matter no matter how much it hurt me, no matter how much uh, I felt like, you know, my family was right, just never quit. Never, never quit on yourself. If you're really in love with trading, pursue it with all of your heart, and I promise you, it will eventually click because you know what? you one trade away from changing your whole life. One trade away. And I've seen it happen in my circle of friends. I've seen it happen to so many people. It was one trade that just, it changed, their, it completely changed their life. And uh, three years prior to that, or two years prior to that, it was just win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. And then that break eventually happens. And you don't want to quit before that break. So my, my one tip is don't quit, stick it out. Because when that one trade comes, it comes with the thunder. I awesome. swear. I've seen it happen too many times to to just uh, kind of thumb suck that. It's it really does happen. Great, great motivation there, guys, to to keep at it. If you've had a bad week or you're struggling, great motivation. Right, look, before we wrap up, uh, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you? Um, well, on Instagram, it's at Mister underscore Festix, um, or just Festix. If you Google Festix, you'll come across my my online course. Um, I don't get to my DMs. Cam can tell you it's insanely full so if you can go onto my website you click the support tab and you email me i will get back to you that's that's the only way the most effective way of getting hold of me is via email instagram dms unfortunately doesn't work cool well look a big thank you to clint for sharing with us today everything we've discussed here along with all the links are in the show notes to find them simply search for clint or mr festix uh in the search box on tradingnut.com until next time i wish all my listeners trading happiness and success all right folks there we have an interview with clint dunn and dusted hope you enjoyed that now uh do remember youtube is where it's at on trading nut or the site go to tradingnut.com you're going to find the uh the the trader versus trader semi-final and final coming up that you can watch live possibly going to do a scalper versus scalper season two stay tuned for that and also do remember there's a whole bunch of other videos including new crypto videos that are going out quite regularly 
over there on the Trading Night channel. So please go and check those out. And last but not least, if you're interested in semi-automating or fully automating your trading, then please check out my Robot Builders Club free training over there on the tradingnut.com website. And if you like what you see, then hit me up by email and we'll see if we can get you in the Robot Builders Club full program. All right, guys, until next time, thanks for watching and I'll see you in the next episode.